Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon, where the Deacon of Real Estate himself shares and spreads his knowledge and wisdom and years of experience to everyone listening out there. Alex, what's up, my man? Adam, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. <laughs> Zen master. I'm the Zen master. We are the Zen master today. That's a, an inside pre-recording joke here uh, inside the our studio, like we like to call it here. Uh, so, Alex, what uh, what? It seems like today we're gonna dip into the financing side. Well, yeah, I thought. Well, we could talk about. Um, yeah, we could talk about like straight up commercial financing, nothing creative, because I think we did one on creative financing. Absolutely, we did. Check on the on so, our list for that. So this will be just basic uh, lending. You know, this could be for residential. Well, I mean, we can uh, we can touch on residential. We can touch on commercial and the difference. So yeah, t- typically there's uh, on residential lending. Like if you're buying a property and let's say you're going to live in one half of it. Okay, so it's a duplex. You're buying a duplex. You're going to live in one half and you're going to have it in your own personal name. Okay. Then you could do traditional residential financing. Traditional residential financing is going to be a little better interest rate. So let's say, I'm just I'm guessing, but let's say the current interest rate is 5 it might be for a commercial loan maybe five and three eighths maybe five and a half for residential it might just be five and for residential on a duplex you can you could probably find a lender not a hundred percent sure because the uh, rules are changing and lenders have different rules uh, for their particular you know lending programs but i think you can find as little as five percent down so on a hundred thousand dollar duplex, you would have to put down as little as five thousand dollars plus your closing costs. Uh, that might be that might be as high as ten percent. Okay, you can also buy a, a residential duplex living in one half, a duplex I think even up to a four unit, and you can buy. Uh, with an FHA loan, if you if you if you don't have an FHA loan currently, then you because you can only have one at a time, from what I understand. If you have an FHA loan, you can buy with even less money down, and the seller can pay up to six percent of your closing costs. So let's just let's do an example for that hundred thousand dollar duplex. Let's say you can um, buy at FHA. You're going to live in half. You can put three point five percent down. Then you can have the seller pay up to 6% of the sales price, which would be $6,000. So all in, you could probably buy that duplex for your down payment, which is $3,500, and probably another few thousand dollars in closing costs. So probably for as little as $6,000 all in, that's with the seller paying $6,000 of your closing costs, you could purchase a duplex for as little as six thousand dollars this ballpark okay now is that is that what they consider house hacking to if you well that's if you buy yeah that is that is house hacking so you're like if you buy a single family maybe live in it for a little bit and then rent it out Mm -hmm. and then move on gotcha the only problem with house hacking is when you buy it and you uh, you buy a single family or a duplex in your personal name then you go ahead and decide to rent it out now it's still in your personal name. 
So the only problem with that is it's, it exposes you to potential um, liability for somebody suing you, right. and they can come after you personally, whereas if you had it in an LLC name, then you're insulated somewhat. For your assets are insulated. Your personal assets are insulated from your company assets because it's in an LLC. Okay. So it's not as easy as just switching it over to your LLC because the bank who lent you the money on the residential side is not going to want or allow you to change it to an LLC and just change the mortgage. So that's you, definitely something you, you like have to refinance fine. it. You have to also, which costs money. That's probably a few thousand dollars in refinance cost. And on top of that, you can pay a little higher rate, depending on what the rates are. It might be even a lot higher. Who knows? And you're also going to have to put it, change it from the personal name to the LLC name. So in Pennsylvania here, if you do that, and your property's in, um, not in the city of Pittsburgh, you would have to pay 2% transfer tax. So on that $100,000 duplex, you're going to have to pay 2% transfer tax because you're, you're transferring it from Alex Deacon to Alex LLC. Right. It's just like selling it to another person. Right, even though it's, a, yeah, that's... So that, that cost there could be four or $5,000 just in costs to transfer from your personal name to your LLC. So you need to think that through and figure out what your plans are when you initially buy it and how you want it deeded. You know, do you want it in your company name or not? The, the advantage of having it in your personal name, it's safe. You can get in for as very little down. The disadvantage is as you grow, your liability exposure gets larger and you want to put these these properties in an LLC name or an LP or corporation or something. And to do that, there's costs involved. Yeah, so typical residential funding, even on a single-family home, like if you want to buy it and just live there, this is just straight-up non-investment, whatever. You know, there's there's a couple different options. Uh, FHA is the, the option that allows you to get in with as little money down as possible, like 3.5%. And then there's conventional financing, uh, conventional loan. You can absolutely do 5% down on a single-family and mo I think most duplexes. Uh, the only difference with conventional is the seller is only allowed to pay 3% of your closing costs, not 6 like on an FHA loan. Okay. The only way the seller can pay 6 in most cases. Again, there are some banks that might do a 10% down program and the seller can pay 6% of your closing costs. But just generally, generally speaking, you'd have to put down 20% down on a conventional loan and then the seller can pay 6% of your closing costs. So I hope for all you uh, folks out there who don't like math, this isn't blowing your mind, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's really pretty simple. I think if they don't like math, they're probably in the wrong business too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very simple. If you, but if you're, if you're buying anything, you want to get a good agent and a, a good finance person who can explain this to you. A lot of agents don't even know this. I mean, they literally couldn't even do a cost sheet for you, and that's when I started. We we did our own cost sheets. We don't you don't do that anymore. You just have your mortgage person do a, a good faith estimate for your client, or your client just calls the mortgage company and they do a good faith estimate. That's actually that's actually a law that they have to do a good faith estimate for you because their good faith estimate has to be somewhat close to what it actually is going to be at closing. Because there was a lot of predatory lending going on, and they do a cost sheet for you or a good faith estimate, and let's say you need eight thousand dollars down, 
and then you get to the closing table and it's 12. You, you can't do that. You can get big, big trouble. Right, right. And we actually, we're, we're uh, cheap plug time. Uh, we have an affiliate uh, in the mortgage department. Uh, here in the Pittsburgh area. So if you're in the Pittsburgh area, uh, Terra Mortgage Services That's uh, correct. Is, a, is a great uh, service to use, so definitely check them out. Yeah, Terra, T-A-R-A Mortgage. Yep. Cheap plug, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, mm -hmm. Now we can go on. Good job. Thank you, sir. And so we talked about the conventional financing. Um, we're going to go into commercial financing. So anytime, if you buy a one to four unit in your personal name, it's considered non-commercial I'm I'm pretty sure of that non-commercial if you buy anything in an entity name if it's Alex LLC or Adam LP whatever it is if it's an entity it's automatically a commercial loan whether it's a one unit or a 1,000 unit apartment complex so as soon as it's an uh, LLC or incorporated now it's a commercial loan commercial loans are just a little different um, they, they use some different rules and most likely I haven't found any that are going to require less than 20% down. Some will require 25 or 30% down. Well, that would depend on how financially strong you are. Like if your credit score is super good and your, your cash flow is good and your debt is low and you have experience in this industry, then you'll probably get the best terms possible. Yeah. So, for example, let's do uh, let's talk about buying a two hundred thousand dollar duplex. You're going to put twenty percent down. That's forty thousand dollars. On top of that, um, most commercial lenders will allow the seller to pay some of your closing costs. We just did one recently where the seller was able to pay six percent. So, in this case, you could purchase that two hundred thousand dollar duplex with forty thousand down. You would essentially just pay instead of paying the seller 200,000 you would pay them 212,000 the seller would then pay $12,000 of your closing costs so at the closing the seller's not giving you a check all that's happening is the seller side of the settlement sheet just it'll have 212,000 as a sales price and then there's a line item right under it somewhere that says minus $12,000 in seller's assist then on your side of the settlement sheet that has all your numbers you'll have the sale price of 212,000 and then you'll have like 20% down your closing costs title insurance homeowners insurance prorated taxes those are all liabilities at some point you'll have a credit on there and that credit will show as $12,000 seller credit so that just allows you to instead of coming up with let's say you needed I'm just going to pick a round number. Let's say you needed $56,000 to buy the $212,000 duplex, $200,000 duplex, $56,000. If you did it this way, you could buy that same $200,000 duplex for $212,000, but only have to come up with $44,000. That's big. Difference. So it's $12,000 more you're paying, but remember that you're just getting that back. Right. Um, but it allows you to buy this duplex with forty-four thousand instead of fifty-six. So how important is keeping that twelve thousand in your bank account? Or maybe you don't have that. Maybe you only have forty-five thousand. So you, there's no other way to do it. 
Because the $12,000 amortized over 20 years. Yeah, that's another thing, too, that's really important, is most commercial banks, maybe there's a few out there that might do single families or duplexes over amortized over 30 years, but I haven't found any. Most of them if, are at um, amortized over 20 years. So, for example, let's let's look at that that two hundred thousand dollar. Such as the terms of the deal stretch over twenty years. That's yeah, what the exactly. So the loan amount, um, if it was a two hundred thousand dollar loan, and mm -hmm. you put twenty percent down, your mm -hmm. loan would be one hundred sixty thousand. Yep. And I'm going to put in five percent interest over twenty years. Your payment would be one thousand fifty five dollars. Your brain's like a calculator, you know that. Well, I. Yeah, but the, this thing over here called a computer. <laughs> Very helpful. It's actually one. You're not supposed to pull the curtain away, yeah, Mr. Deacon. Can't do that. That's actually one thousand fifty-six dollars. Okay, so let's go. Let's change that to a thirty-year, and it changes to eight fifty-eight. So it changes by two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's a two hundred dollar difference per month cash flow. But yeah, I mean, you, if you're factoring in your numbers and you're using a thirty-year amortization, and then you get to the closing table and it's like, um, shoot, I thought I was going to make $400 a month cash flow. Now I'm only going to make 200 right. So it's good to know that up front. Right. So most commercial loans are amortized over 20 years. You can amortize them over 25 sometimes, but usually 20 or 15 And then usually most commercial banks, a large majority of them, do not escrow for taxes and insurance at least in my experience so that you know when you, you buy a house a lot of times the bank and you're living there the bank will escrow your taxes and insurance so you never see a tax bill you never see an insurance bill because they're escrowed into your payment every month so that eight hundred and fifty eight dollars you pay and then they'll add one twelfth of the insurance and one twelfth of the taxes each month so your payment might be twelve hundred and eighty dollars Okay? On commercial loans, you're typically going to get the tax bill and the insurance bill, and you pay those when they come due. So your payment would be 858 if it was amortized over 30 years. In this case, it wouldn't be. It would be $1,056 a month, and you'd pay your taxes and insurance when those bills come in. Gotcha. So, gosh, I think we covered those. are. I mean, those are basic... Uh, that was detailed. That was two pages yeah. of notes on mine. Yeah. Since we're breaking fourth walls today. I mean, that's real basic, and that's <laughs> that's pretty much... There's nothing really creative or, or tricky about it. That's the way, like, 90% of all banks, in my experience, operate, whether you're buying a single-family home to live in or a duplex to, to live in and then move out in a couple of years, or you're doing commercial lending. Those are the basic... That's the basic framework that's hasn't changed in, in quite a long time. There are some nuances and some differences in some banks that are might you might be able to get a little bit creative with and have the seller pay some of the uh, maybe hold a second mortgage and but that's more on the creative financing podcast that we did. Yeah, which we we and it's a very, very, very informative one. You guys should definitely check that out. And I always like to bring in like the the, the beginner's guide to, to investing because I'm I'm just the, the the guy that sits here and kinda takes all this in. But it sounds like you know, just to kind of recap, 
Um, the biggest thing is, you know, obviously knowing what you're going to be looking at at closing. Number one, that's the big thing. You never want to have surprises at closing with mm -hmm. any of these. Uh, number two, if you're, you know, if you are going into a duplex uh, with the intent maybe later on to rent or to, you know, with the house hacking and stuff like that, kind of know what you're getting into ahead of time so you're not, you know, spending more money than you need to long term. Like always, always look long term and know what you, you know, know what that final cost is going to be so there's no surprises because that sounds like that's what can cause any deal to basically crumble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, using using accurate. Accurate numbers, accurate rents and vacancies, accurate calculations, as best you can get because they're projected. You never know what's going to come around the corner, but you know what are fixed is your principal and interest. You know, your loan is not going to change. Right. So at least, you, at least you can get that right for sure. Right, yeah, yeah. Should be able to. So we, I mean, we could call this podcast maybe the ABC or the ABCs of traditional financing. I mean, it's, or something like that. It's just, just basic financing 101 that you need to know. And it's very simple. And if nothing else, is a great refresher. You know, a lot of times we forget. It's just like in baseball. You need the fundamentals. That's you know, that's what wins you championships. And sometimes yeah. you forget those because you're trying to keep it in the long ball. So mm -hmm. it's a great refresher, Alex. And cool. for me, it was a great learning lesson. So see, there we go. Everybody wins, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, I the feel so warm and fuzzy deal. right now. Don't you? Yeah. I do too. Wow. It must be that Friday feeling. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, we appreciate you tuning into this episode of the Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon. Listen, make sure you're checking us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, uh, Spreaker. Uh, I think Last FM has our stuff up on there. I mean, just type in uh, Alex Deacon Podcast or Deacon Hoover Real Estate Podcast. You will find all the good work Mr. Deacon does right here at the Deacon of Real Estate. Um, guys, uh, Ian Hoover, uh, one of our... One of our other partners here also does a podcast, the Realtor Nation podcast, where he interviews uh, other real estate professionals. That is also uh, under our, our, our under our umbrella on all the other podcasting services. Apologize for the stutter there, real quick, but make sure you're checking those out too. So for Alex, for Ian, for everybody here at Deacon Hoover, and for myself, we thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>